You want to have a number one tight end? You got to find them through the NFL draft. Who are the top five NFL draft tight end prospects over the last 10 years? We'll discuss them next on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Locked On family? Let's get locked in. Welcome back to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, your daily podcast covering your favorite draft prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your boy, Damian Parson, always on the ones and twos. You can find and follow me on Twitter at DP underscore NFL. My national scout with the Draft Network and your favorite and local running back guru. And as always, Mr. LSU is here with me, my boy, Keith Sanchez. You can find him on Twitter and follow him there at the Talent Code. Keith, talk to him, baby. What's up, Locked On family? This is Keith Sanchez, senior draft analyst with the Draft Network, man, the 2019 national champ. Talking about those LSU Tigers, and we're here, man. Myself, Damian Parsons, we're here to bring you championship-level content surrounding the NFL draft, right? Whether that's philosophy, whether that's roster, whether that's, you know, depth charts, right? We're talking everything NFL draft-wise, 24-7, 365. We know you're the dynamic. We're the dynamic duo that you come to, man. But, DP, man, we're taking a little flashback, right? It's time to, you know, look back, and we're, we're going to have this conversation. We had it with the running backs. We had it with the wide receivers. Now it's time to give it to the top. Tight ends, right? Because this is an upcoming position that we feel like is being valued more and more um, as we progress, right? As these passing games get more diverse, but we're going to go through the top tight ends, right? Rank the top tight ends over the past 10 years, one through five, and then we're going to have some in-depth conversations. And before you think, oh man, this is tight ends, wait till we had this conversation. I think it's going to be very in-depth and we're going to pull some intriguing points out of this. But DP, before we get started, man, let's give a shout out to our sponsors. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL. They'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. Keith, tight ends. You know what I've always said about them. They're the biggest mismatches in the NFL offense in today's NFL. Every team that, that is really successful wants a top tier type of tight end. And it's, it's not as easy to find them. But looking at the prospects, Keith. Because you're not really going to get one through free agency. You're going to have to draft one, baby. You, you know, once teams get a hold of a top-tier tight end, they rarely ever let them go. You know, unless it's the New yep. Orleans Saints because they don't want to pay Jimmy Graham. But <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, Keith, I want to I start with you looking at the prospects over the last 10 years. There's been a lot of big-name guys, right? Travis Kelsey was a fourth-round pick, by the way. Just for, so people know, like, it's, it's <laughs> we're not talking about the NFL, what they've done in the league so much, but what, what they were as prospects. You know, especially with you being in college football, you saw some guys in the SEC went throughout your time at LSU. Who were some of the guys that stood out to you in terms of your top five? Yeah, so I'm going to go with my first two or two guys that I've seen in person. I'm going to go O.J. Howard with the first three. I'm going to go O.J. Howard. I'm going to go O.J. Howard at one. I thought that was the best tight end prospect, most well-rounded. Then I'm going to go Kyle Pitts. Then I'm going to go Evan Ingram. Then I'm going to go our guy, Noah Fant, in 2019. 
And then I'm going to go with Hayden Hurst, man. So I, I <laughs> four of them were from the SEC. Uh, one of them was from the Big Ten. But that, that was my top five tight end prospects, man. And when I watched them, I was like, okay, these guys are, are something different, something special. Like you can say that I hit on some of them. And you can say that I, I missed on some of them. And that's why we're going to have this conversation because I think it's going to be really fun once we get into the details and into the weeds of the tight end position. Man, you know, for me, my 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 top five is I got Kyle Pitts at the, the, the unicorn. I got him at one. Okay. I have um, Eric Ebron at two. Uh, O.J. Howard at three. Tyler Eifert at four. And then Evan Ingram at five. Um, I think O.J. Howard is kind of the one that, you know, like that phrase, like when you're in the relationship, like the one that got away. Like O.J. Yeah. Howard is the one that we just, like we thought we had one. We thought that was going to be that dude man and because he looked he looked apart keith he was super athletic right this guy was running away from dbs in the sec no he was Big, I, I, like, listen, <laughs> I was on the sideline i watched him do it <laughs> and it was it was impressive man it was impressive just to watch him um you know like just the game changing plays and he was what 240 250 um chiseled you know like in in the camp the comparison with oj howard and it was warranted right would have been something like a vernon davis but vernon davis actually had the career that everybody thought oj howard would have as far as being like a high a high level dynamic athlete that just you know you can run the offense through him and and, and it's just unfortunate man because that tampa bay is like it just didn't work out no it, it didn't Six six two fifty. You know, I I didn't pull up his his forty time, but just the 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 sheer like like you say he was chiseled, right? He looked like a defensive end at like you know at tight end, and I, I'll never forget like the play action game with Alabama get hitting him up the seam, like it, it was so hard to contain him. The deep over routes, the crossers, it's like man, if he puts you on his back hip, good night. It was a it was a wrap for you. You know what <laughs> I mean? It was it was a p- complete another wrap for you. But man, I, you know, you talk about athleticism. Eric Ebron, man, like another I felt one. Like, yeah. I, I think we talked about it on the on the quarter. But I think we talked about it with like Taj Boy when we were talking about the receivers, and we talked about we brought up Taj Boy from Clemson, how he was drafted maybe ten years before his time. I personally believe that was the same thing with Eric Ebron. I thought like Eric Ebron was drafted before that true transition to uber athletic. Yeah, you may not be the best blocker, but I don't really care. You know what I mean? Because co- I'm going to be honest with you. Guys, Coach K is one that believes that he's not the biggest fan of – he don't need his DBs or his cornerbacks to tackle. Just just get in the way, right? Get just way. just be a role. Just be a real block. Just be a real block. <laughs> well, with that, it's a, I think there's there are coaches in terms of offensively that kind of have that mindset with tight ends. Oh, you're not a great blocker? Oh, well. You're like, can, can you catch 100 balls, you know, 100 passes? Right? Can you get me 1,200 yards? Can I get 10 touchdowns from you? Oh, I can? I don't really care about your blocking, brother. I'll just slide you into the slot. I'll I'll sign a big 6'5", 250-pound tight end. That's just going to block for me. And I'll put him in line. I'll pull a receiver off the field, and I'll put you in the slot since you can do those things. And that was a guy that Eric – to me, Eric Ebron was one of those dudes, super athletic, versatile. And it was just like, man, like I really thought he was going to be a guy that was going to hit. You know what I mean? Because the matchup that he created for defenses, you know what I'm saying? Like he he was productive at, at North Carolina, right? You know, 600, 900 yards, you know, consecutive back-to-back seasons. You know, so he wasn't a high touchdown guy, but you just saw the traits. And, you know, at the end of the day, 
you bet on traits. Those are the traits that translate. Stats don't. So it was that was a guy that that like OJ Howard. I came away with I was like, man, like I, I wish he was drafted a little later, yeah. just a couple years later, man. Nah, I mean, and that's the that's just the thing with this tight end. That and that's what DP. This is a perfect segue, right? Like just because we talked about two guys at the top of our list, right? That just they didn't work out, and we want to talk about. Why do tight ends and hate to put this negative connotation, but let's let's see, we could say fail, they don't succeed, right? They have issues, you know, we don't get the production that we think. Like, why are tight ends missing? Because and when we come back from the break, I'ma just reel off a list of guys. And we're gonna be like, man, that was a miss, that was a miss, that was a miss. So coming up next, man, we're gonna get into why do tight ends miss, right? Like we, we consistently draft these guys in the first round. They're top 10. We don't treat them like running backs, where it's against the code to draft them in the first round, right? But they have a high miss rate. So we're going to get into why do tight ends miss? Why do they fail? Guys trying to find pants and or shorts that fit well, they're comfortable, flexible, and versatile is not easy. But let me introduce you to Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make me look good, so I'm going to tell you now, they're going to help you look good as well. Uh, Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh, and the leg give you a truly sculpted look. Shout out to my guys that do leg day in the gym. You'll love these shorts. They do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better, so you don't have to pay the same, pay the Lululemon price. And they also also use a clout knit fabric that looks just like khakis, but they stretch and they're way slimmer and they won't sacrifice movement. And I love the fact that they use an anti-stinking sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. This is a fact. This is a, a product that you want to give it a try. So I'm going to tell you now, go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumble with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. You will not want to take off your bird dogs. We promise you. Why do these highly recruited, highly touted tight end prospects fail, Keith? In your opinion, we watched the tape of these guys coming into co- coming into the NFL. For you, it was coming into, into college because you were in recruiting too. But coming into college, coming into the NFL, you see all the traits and tools. Then they, we watch them in the NFL and it's like, what does the tape say? What, why did these guys fail? Yeah, I, I think you started to get into a DP, and, and that was the positions that they're put in, right? And and I, I think a lot of it has to do with scheme and, and what are they asked to do. Because you look at a Mike Jasicki in, in Miami, right? And, you know, the different offenses, and they asked him to block. And, and whether he was with um, Brian Flores, right? He couldn't block or whether he was with Mike McDaniels, you know, and he couldn't block. But both of them kind of required the tight end to have some type of, you know, blocking capability or blocking ability in the run game. And that wasn't Mike Jasicki, right? So I think it comes down to DP that maybe the NFL teams aren't necessarily profiling these guys correct, right? And then you ask yourself too, like you have to be honest with yourself. Okay, how much do I need my tight end to block? You know what I'm saying? And then you ask yourself, how much is this guy capable of giving me in a running game? And if he can't give you that, right, then I think you 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 have to go to somebody else that can block and maybe he doesn't have the athletic upside. So they, they we find ourselves want wanting the impact players, right? The impact tight ends that give you, you know, like you said, 60, 70 receptions, 800 yards and eight touchdowns, right? Everybody wants that type of tight end, but that tight end more times than not probably comes with not being able to block as well, right? And you have to, it's it's one of those situations where there's, there's no perfect tight end prospect. And we have to start looking at the, the Travis Kelsey's and the George Kittles and the Darren Wallace as 
the rare prospects, how we look at the Tom Brady's and then, you know, Justin Herbert's, the Patrick Mahomes, that these guys are just different, right? And just because he's athletic doesn't mean he's going to be able to dominate or just be able to put him in every position and he's going to stay on the field at all times. Now, that's a that's a perfect breakdown, Keith, because you know my slogan, draft with a plan. If you watch the tape and you know this young man does not block well, don't, don't have him out there against 280-pound you know, three tech or, or five tech defensive ends trying to wash them down and drive them off the ball. Play, a, I think, back to, to, to this draft, right? Dalton Kincaid and what he's going to mean to that Buffalo Bills offense. Does he, is he going to be a high impact blocker, Keith? No, like, no, that's not really his game. He can be a, um, a, a kind of wash down blocker. He can get in the way. He can, you know, disrupt kind of the movements of guys. But in terms of, is he going to jack up a, a stand-up edge rusher or a sandbacker and drop him off the ball and just be this devastating blocker? No, what he, no, he's not. But what he can do, he can walk into that offense day one, in my opinion, and be the second receiving option for Josh Allen. And that's what they need for this offense. They need to be able to give Josh Allen another weapon. And that's what you want. If you know that that's what his skill set is, then use him to that. But like you said, I love that fact of Travis Kelsey – Rob Gronkowski, George Kittle, you know, Darryl, like these guys. And then there was a former receiver converted the tight end, right. you know, yep. so he had to learn how to block and play in line because he wasn't used to that, but he's done an admirable job at it though. Right. So it was like those guys at, at their, at their peak, they're aliens, just like the quarterbacks we, you talked about. You can't expect to, to, to just walk out your house and see ET sitting on the porch next beside you at the, at the next house. Like, you just can't expect it. You know right. what I mean? You got to expect, Okay, guys are going to come in with simple with, with specific skill sets, and think about it, right? Aaron Hernandez was not a great; he was not a blocking tight end. But what did the Patriots also do in that same draft? They got Rob Gronkowski, who was a blocking tight end. So those guys paired very well together, but they were willing to implement a two tight end system. So again, the NFL and these coaches just have to do a better job of putting these guys in advantageous situations to succeed. Yeah, I would I would say so. The other side of this too is, what is the expectation for tight ends? And that and because in, in, in to the fantasy people, right? We all know this, right? Like they they're not, they usually don't give a lot of production. Like you're not like the number one tight end not early on they, at least. Yeah, let's say the number four tight end, right? The number four ranked tight end in fantasy or whatever, just in the NFL period, right? When it comes down to, um, you know, production does not match up with the number four wide receiver. So my question is this, right? Like what, what is production for the tight end position? And then that, that, that gets me to the question also, DP, of if we're not going to target these guys to where it's 80, 90 targets, uh, you know what I'm saying, in, in 70 receptions and things like that, why are they drafted so high? So some of these guys, when you look at them being failures, right, uh, man, like, man, that guy didn't hit per his draft position. Well, it seems like the NFL game just isn't played like that, like like not too many offenses run the offense through the tight end. You know what I'm saying? To where Travis Kelsey has had consecutive thousand yard seasons, right? Like some tight ends, like I, I, you look at guys like TJ Hawkinson, you look at Noah Fan. We know these are high caliber athletes that offer stuff in the passing game. But most times when offensive coordinators are drawing up plays, the tight end may be the third option, right? And if everything goes right, if you have a good wide receiver and a good wide receiver too, then the ball is never going to get to the tight end, right? And sometimes they're the fourth offensive option, period. When you think about you still have to hand the ball off and run it, right? And then sometimes they're the sixth if the quarterback can run it. So <laughs> it's so it, it's just I, I, I found this conversation point intriguing from that perspective, DP, is that 
per position drafted, right? Then, you know, we talk about the failures or the lack of production versus what is the actual expectation based off of history of what we've seen even the most productive tight ends be. So I thought that that was a rather interesting point when I, you know, kind of went through this and tried to flush out this, you know, quote unquote failure of the tight end position. Keith, and, and, and I love that you brought that up because like TJ Hawks is coming off his best career, best year in his career. Right. And that was playing for two different offenses too. Like he, he played for the lions for half the season. Then he got traded to the Vikings. Right. Well, 914 yards and six touchdowns are both career highs for him. Now you look at just I'm kind of I'm pulled up the 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 numbers here in terms of the regular season receiving yards. Keith, we only had three uh, three tight ends over 800 yards. Only yeah, three. See, think about that. And, and how many receivers went over that? Right, like it's probably 20. You know what I'm saying? And so, but you look at it, right? A lot of those wide receivers, you're like, cool, you get them in the second round, you get those in the third round. But it's like tight ends, it's like we have to draft those guys high. So I just wonder what's the you know what I'm saying? Like, like what's the yeah. threshold for some of these guys and in, in, in our perception of the tight end position versus what's reality when it comes down to production? And it's the thing. If you're not going to throw the ball to them, right, if you know that they're your fifth option, then maybe the mental mindset should change that these guys better be able to block, right? Like, I think I'm going to go back to Mike Jasicki, right? If you know he, he's going to be behind Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, and the running game, then, I mean, he's not going to have some type of value. Yeah, he has to have some type of value. So if he's not going to offer you much in the in the run game, then now you just have a big wide receiver. So I think that's a, a, a just a overall it's an interesting conversation dynamic. Like I said, man, our people, the family, man, y'all comment at us, y'all tweet at us, y'all ta- you know y'all tag us, talk to us, let us know how y'all feel about it. What is y'all perspective on it, man? We had a very interesting comment yesterday from one of uh you know locked on family members. He went in depth about some things and a lot of stuff I agreed with in in regards to Saquon Barkley. So man, y'all like I said, man, y'all comment, y'all tweeted us, uh y'all let us know how y'all feel. We're gonna keep this thing going, DP, because we talked about I talked about a big tight end, a big wide receiver, right? we're going to talk about the evolution of the tight end position, right? Like how now we're talking about putting guys, um, what's our Stanford wide receiver? Um, JJ Arcega-Whiteside. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no. The um, He came out this year. He came out this year. Oh, oh, oh. Mike uh, uh, Higgins. Higgins. Higgins, Elijah Higgins. So we yeah, talked Elijah about putting Higgins. Elijah Higgins at the tight end position. Or we talked about, you know, Doria Green Beckham being a wide receiver converting to the tight end position. And we just talking about these big guys overall, right? We had Stephon Sullivan with the Cardinals, I believe, trans- and with the Panthers transition to the tight end position, who's a big wide receiver. So we're going to talk about the evolution of the tight end position, what it means to the offense, and how dynamic can it get for those guys. The evolution of the tight end position, Keith, and you segued yeah. that perfectly, man. Uh, but yeah. but you got something else to get off your chest. Go right ahead. Yeah, no, I'm going to keep going because the, the more you think about it and we have this conversation of, okay, cool. Like if you're going to go with, I want the tight end that doesn't block, right? Then how far do you push that meter to it's the, the just a big wide receiver? Like, like what now we just not drafting tight ends. Like what, what is, what is the threshold, right? Like if you want a tight end, you like, you know what? I could care less if he could block, then why not just have a big wide receiver on the field? And that's kind of the threshold. I'm like, this thing can get a little dicey, right, when it comes down to the value of the tight end position and just, you know, overall. So I, I kind of wanted to hint at that point just a little bit. No, 100%. And you dropped some names. I ended up dropping J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. He was a that big receiver from Stanford years ago that, you know, I thought could have made the transition transition to be a possession receiver, but right. it didn't work out. But maybe you turn him into a, a tight end. You got Jordan Matthews, who – 
uh, was a good route running possession receiver in the pet over the like the, like three years ago, I believe he bulked up Keith and he he turned he transitioned into a tight end. Now he's been hurt ever since. Like he you know is trying to stay healthy and get on with the team. But the fact of the matter is like he's he played that position. So um I think you know that's man, the I have something else. I, I got a, I got a lot on my chest, DP. I got a lot on my chest because the opposite side of that, because I told you I, I was gonna be I was gonna be into yeah. the tight end conversation. I told you we bring it up. I got some some talking points, man. <laughs> um then the other side of that is this you brought it up already. The Dalton Kincaid, right? The Buffalo Bills when they drafted him and said, This is our number two receiver option. And maybe that's why Stephon Diggs ain't coming to camp because he's a little mad about that DP. But that's what the Buffalo Bills say, right? He literally showed up. He showed up. Oh, okay. He's a little angry. We know you're angry. I know you're angry. <laughs> Stephon Diggs, to be matter of fact, I'm angry with you. Give me another wide receiver, <laughs> Buffalo Bills. What we're doing, right? We've been Super Bowl favorites. D hop out there. D hop yeah, out, out there. We had we had uh Odell Beckham, right? We they're they're other wide receivers. Spend the money, go get me a wide receiver, but just to my point, DP, that we talked about the other side of that spectrum is that the Buffalo Bills are kind of placing everything on Dalton Kincaid. Like, now nah, you're the number two. You're the running mate. So we're going to have Dalton Kincaid and Dawson Knox. But Dalton Kincaid, you just talked about him, DP. He's more of the receiving threat. So is he going to be the number two wide receiver in this Buffalo Bills offense? I, I Man, I, I think he should be. I, I think that they should definitely work him into that into that realm. He might be the, the second best rock run on the team outside of us, Khalil Shakir. There we who go. I, I know you ain't gonna forget my guy, you know, DP. Nah, I ain't gonna forget, forget my, my guy. Bill's Mafia got on me last last uh, last year, family. Don't no disrespect to Gabe Davis, but you gotta you gotta put him in a spe- specified role. You that big body down the field threat. You know what I'm saying? But let the, the in terms of taking pressure off of Diggs, you're gonna need Kincaid, and I think you're gonna need Khalil Shakir. And you gotta be honest about it as an offensive coordinator. And a lot of talks was, you know, Stefan Diggs was really happy with the new OC, Ken Dorsey, last year. He felt they took they took a step back after Brian Dayball left for New York. So we'll see. But I think it, it's such an interesting conversation because of the fact that. You like you said, and it, it's so wild because it's 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 all preference, right? Because we had these discussions about quarterback. Do you want the the Mac Jones and the Bryce Young, the kind of more pocket passers, or do you want the Anthony Richardson, Lamar Jackson, the Josh Allen's, right? Receivers. Do you want the route runner like a like a Jordan Addison, or do you want the big physical freak like a like a, a Quentin Johnston, right? It's 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 all preference, and, and it's it transitions through all of them. Do you want a Christian McCaffrey who could do a little bit of everything? Or do you want a Derrick Henry who's a dominant runner, right? Who's not going to line up and run routes? And I think that's what's so that's what's so crazy to me when I look at this this tight end discussion, because of the simple fact that the matter is like all these different body types and everything else. Like I said, the evolution of it. Truthfully, it is now a bunch of big wide receivers. Hakeem Butler, you know, and I'm telling you right now, again, I, we, we talked about it with the, with with uh, I think Isaiah Simmons. The, the Cardinals are really bad at, at screwing up you know prospects because Hakeem Butler. Came in as a wide receiver. They gave him. They, they gave Andy Isabella more time on the roster. Than they gave Akeem Butler. That was a that was a bad idea. Then he goes to the XFL and he's playing kind of the big slot, kind of detached tight end role, and he's cooking. And it's like now he's with the with the Steelers. And I wouldn't be surprised if Kenny Pickett, if he makes that roster and he's on the field, Kenny Pickett can get the best out of this cat, man. And Mike Tomlin can get the best out of him because he's gonna play with a chip on his shoulder. But again, it's all about just these guys being versatile. So again, if you if you can't block, that's fine. I'm gonna use you to your skill set, but stop trying to fit a round peg in a square hole because it just doesn't fit. If you need a blocker, get you a blocker. You know what I mean? Like if that's if that's what it is. If you, for example, Keith, 
if you need a blocker, go get go get a uh, Darnell Washington. Don't go. You know what I'm saying? If if the Bills wanted to really soup up their run their run game, Keith, you get uh you get Darnell Washington. You don't draft Dalton Kincaid. But if you want another a receiving option, no disrespect to Darnell Washington, you take a Dalton Kincaid. So it's all about what what, what you need as a team and as an offense. And I, I feel like teams, you know, as we talked about in the last segment, they put these players in in poor situations to where they just did, never get it. And no, don't get me wrong. Some of these prospects and these players have to own it. Like you didn't work at your game, you got frustrated, whatever, whatever. You kind of some guys mail it in, Lee Keith. We know when they get to the league and their check clears, it's like, well, I made it. You know what I mean? That's just a, that's just a, that happens. So, but guys, listen, man. Like th- th- this tight end discussion was impactful. It was in depth. You know, high energy. Really had a lot of fun with it. But as always, as we tell y'all, the same thing as as always. Go subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episode as soon as it's available. Thank you all so much for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen today and every single day, Monday through Friday. Happy Friday, by the way. Uh, and, and coming up on Monday, man, we got Mock Draft Monday coming back. Shout out to our boy Ian Cummins over at Pro Football Network. He dropped a new 2024 Mock Draft that it's kind of spicy. And me and Keith are going to indulge in that and really tap into it. But, guys, as always, in terms of Twitter, you can find and follow Keith Sanchez at the Talent Code. You can find and follow me, Damian Parson, DP underscore NFL. Come and join the conversation again on Monday on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.